Hey, dear sister, this is Kate Ekoka-Daisy, and welcome back to Choose to Live Free podcast. This episode has been a long time in the writing, in the making, in the crafting. Not because I haven't had time, but because I have been running from it. Until recently, when I came to face-to-face with the reality of Jeremiah 29, 11, a famous scripture that lays to bear what God thinks about his children. Sometimes when God calls us to something, we jump on it immediately because instinctively we know what to do, how to do it, right? And sometimes it is a blank contract that he expects you to sign without knowing what you're getting yourself into. My purpose with God has been just that. And today's episode is all about the one thing God has called me to. And I have vehemently kicked and screamed through the process. (laughs) So I'm inviting you to come in and let's do a heart check. God's way, that is. It's more than feelings. It's more than addressing habits and behaviors. It's more than saying what's on your mind. It's about your relationship with the Lord. Does he have your heart? So come on in and let's figure it out, okay? great that I get to do this and I have come to a place of renewal when it comes to, yes, Lord, this is my calling and this is what you say I should do. So I'm going to do it. So hi, friend. Again, it's your girl, Kate Aiko-Kadesi, and it is great to have you listening today. So what I aim to do with this podcast in the wider ministry of Godly Woman and Company is to help you heal and transform your heart and mind as you choose to honor God, serve others, and live free in Christ every day. I believe healing is our choice, and once we embrace that process, we can truly heal others as we are healed. So I say healed people heal people. So I want to take my time with this message because it is my calling, y'all. And yes, I said it. God has called me to help you, dear sister, transform your heart. You may be wondering, transform my heart into what? Into the likeness and image of Christ. But here's the interesting aspect of this call. The transformation is not for you to bypass all the junk and hurt and discomfort in your heart. The call is that as you and I partner on healing your heart, whatever state it's in, he, Jesus, does what he does best as he allows me to use the tools that he shows me, the interventions, the biblical guidance and principles and all that to share with you, dear sister, so that you can heal. The call on me to transform hearts is not merely the emotional part of your heart. And we are going to talk more about that. Rather, it's the entire heart, everything. Do you know, can you see why I have been kicking and screaming? Like, Lord, I don't know. No, 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 no. Yeah, I, no, this is hard because it's hard. It's hard work. And because there is a battle for your heart. Seriously, there's a battle for your heart. This battle can settle in one corner of your heart, the mind. And so oftentimes you've heard a lot of a lot of spiritual and Christian authors like Joyce Meyer, she talks about this all the time, battlefield of the mind, battlefield of the mind. And it is so absolutely true. But the mind is one part of your heart. I am seeing the battlefield for your heart. Your heart is the totality of everything in there. And I can't wait as we go on this journey for you to learn more about the state of your heart, what is in your heart, and how you can transform it. 
with the help of God and with biblical guidance and therapy and coaching and all those things. And I hesitate even to say therapy and coaching and all those things because truly um, transforming your heart is only through Jesus. I, I, I really don't, I'm trying not to say only through Jesus because some of you might not be Christians. Some of you might not be, you know, followers of Jesus. And you like, so you mean I can't transform my heart without being a Christian? We'll talk about it. Okay. So, <laughs> so this battle for your heart, um, Joyce Meyer says it, and she puts it best in her book, The Battlefield of the Mind. The mind is one part of your heart. Um, because that's what most that's what's most readily available and accessible. You know, your conscious mind, your conscious mind is most accessible. And so uh, so as you have fed certain information over and over and over again, what happens? You are believing it as truth. Ooh. So the conscious mind is what, you know, we are working on these days as the battlefield and so on and so forth. Um but what the Lord has showed me through my own transformation, my own heart transformation journey is that while I was renewing my mind, there was something deeper. There was somewhere deeper that he wanted me to get to. And so we will talk about that too. But really, when I thought about this in depth and prayed on it and went on that journey with the Lord, I became keenly aware that more than my mind, the enemy is cunningly getting to my heart. More than my mind, the enemy is cunningly getting to your heart. And if the enemy, uh, that the enemies that lie within us and outside of me can get to my heart, then you have got to know that once he gets to your heart, he's gotten the whole being of you because there are things in your heart that is all you. And we're going to talk about that too. So the word says and tells us in Jeremiah 17 verse 9, right? That the heart of man, and I'm going to use the amplified version, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And in this chapter, Jeremiah, you see, uh, is talking about the ways of man and how we can become very cursed when we put our trust in man and let our hearts depart from the Lord. So I want you to take some time and read this chapter because it is so rich. You see and hear what God is saying about do not trust man. Don't put your trust in man because it says cursed is the person who, who puts their trust in man. So maybe you're thinking, so Kate, I shouldn't trust anyone. <laughs> I literally saw a t-shirt at Walmart the other day that I had that on. It said, trust no man. <laughs> trust, uh, the dictionary defines as firm belief in the reality, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. In all of your relationships, be it with your parents, with your friend and all that, that seek God's guidance on how you ought to show up in that relationship. Sometimes that person is in your life, not as a friend, but as an acquaintance. Sometimes they are there for a specific reason or a specific purpose. And when you see God's guidance on how you ought to show up in that relationship, he is definitely going to show you. If you put your trust in another man more than God, what are you thinking? What are you doing, dear sister? Man is man and finding strength in another man's flesh is fleeting. I mean, I can't even find strength in my own flesh sometimes. And I need the Holy Spirit's guidance and the fruit of self-control uh, to help me do that. How much more another human being? I mean, look, think about yourself. Think about yourself. Trust in yourself. Sometimes, you know, as Jeremiah says in, in, his, in the word, it is, the heart is desperately wicked. Sometimes you do things and you're like, why did I do that? Why did I say that? Right? Personally, I trust people and leave room in my heart for forgiveness because I know that people are human just like me. And at some point, their hearts will act up. <laughs> their hearts will act up, y'all. 
So just as at some point, my heart will act up. Yep. <laughs> so will other people. So God being God, he has gifted us this principle of forgiveness. And if you wisely use it, your heart will always have a place of solace when those disappointing moments arise. So I hope you understand now that trust is a principle and it's a part of any relationship, right? No one can know the heart fully, seriously. It says in the word, who can understand it? You can't know the heart fully, not even the one who carries it within him or herself. <laughs> Have you wondered why sometimes people act in certain ways and make your you, it makes you scratch your head? Like, Or do you even act in certain ways and you scratch your head, right? In your heart are the desires, the motives. Ooh. The motives, the actions, the thoughts, the feelings, the beliefs, the perceptions, all of this resides in your heart. Everything about you resides in your heart. In your heart are the hidden treasures, the triumphs, the tribulations of life that only manifests by how you express your deep and profound emotional states or behaviors. So in the world, right? In the world of therapy and that, we are doing more behavior modification, but the root is the heart. You see where I'm going? The heart. In your heart are the deep-seated stories you have written about yourself, about others, about how you everybody around you is or how you are. And with the help of the environment that either you grew up in or you are existing in now, the stories replay over and over and over and over again in your conscious mind. It's a snippet of your heart. Your conscious mind is a snippet of your heart. It's more than that. So yes, I want to take my time with this topic. That's why it will be a series. It will be a series and it's it's going to be a journey for us. I have dissected, researched, and pondered over this calling of heart transformation since 2020, y'all, since 2020, <laughs> when God began to make this mission clear to me. I started hearing others referring to the phrase heart transformation, and I will smile because I knew it was all confirming what has been given to me as a charge. And maybe that's the next level of evolution for us as humans in the world of church, in the world of um, Christ's word, in the world of uh, teaching biblical principles and stuff, is we focus so much on the mind, you know, like the mind, the mind mind, the mind, the mind. And it's great. And it's time for us to take it the next level, which is the mind is a part of the heart. And I don't want to just be a snippet of who is in relationship with my husband. I want to be the full version, the whole thing, right? And so I'm going to work hard. I'm going to strive. I'm going to do what I can in the presence of the Lord to present my full self. And that's what the word said. That's what the Lord wants in relationship with you. He says, trust me with your whole heart. Jesus says it in the book of John when he was talking to his disciples, let not let not your heart be troubled. Trust God, also trust. He wants, he wants all of that stuff that is in your heart. He wants it all. And so when we present our mind to the Lord, he will work with us and he's still going to say, but I still need it all. I still want all of that. Your motives, your beliefs, your perceptions, your desires. I want it all. And dear sister, this is where the rubber meets the road because we are talking about surrender. We are talking about yielding. We are talking about feeling not in control of who you are and allowing someone, the Lord, bigger, greater to define your desires, to define your motives. He says, bring your desires to me, you know? And it's it's heart transformation. That's what I said, heart transformation. You know, when you hear it all the time, you need heart, you need heart. It is not easy because I've been through it. 
And so here we are. And I cannot hide from what I must do. And I'm going to lean in for those of you on YouTube. I cannot hide for what I must do. Being free, not according to what the world deems as freedom to act and will as you please, but free as in from sin, the things in our hearts that makes us impure, the things that Christ died for, being free takes heart transformation. So dear sister, let me ask you this, as I love to do, how is your heart? This is a question I ask now and then to women in my circles and with my clients. I came into an awareness of this question because the Holy Spirit brought it to me when I was going through my transformation in 2020, that asking how you are is not enough. You ask the question, how are you? How are you? How are you? It's not enough. Asking how is your heart? If you've gotten to a place where you know the state of your heart and you're working with it, how is your heart eventually becomes an easy question to answer more than how are you? But if you haven't gotten into a place of that heart renewal and heart transformation, then how are you becomes a bit of a camouflage. Oh, I'm well. But then when the when, when you're asked um, how is your heart, then you're like, huh, that is very deep. So I just go straight to the deep question. How is your heart, dear sister? Notice I stated deeper level. The reason being that you're asking random folks, how is your heart? And they're looking at you like, what do you mean? Because when you're talking about the heart, sometimes people often thinks about, think about the emotional heart, the part of your heart that has to do with your emotions. So remember your heart is totality of everything, right? Well, first of all, most people determine the heart as just the emotions they feel. So I'm working on my heart, I'm working on my heart, and it's the emotions. But there are also other things like desires and motives, selfishness stuff, the things that unforgiveness, all these things seated in your heart, right? So it's more than the emotions and it's more than your thoughts. It's all of that and then some. Christians, for us, heart must refer to something more meaningful, more connected to your deeper inner yearning, the things that makes you thrive, that you know you have this peace and joy deep, deep, deep within you. It's like a tip of the iceberg. People only see the tip and then there's a slew of things that they don't see. That's your heart. Someone may be asking, so Kate, are you saying I must be aware of sin? If you're an unbeliever, the process of heart transformation in Christ may sound like, oh, you want me to become a Christian? Well, no one can make you become a Christian. <laughs> no one can make you become a Christian because it's a personal decision that you make. But let me ask you this. After you have tasted the fruit, don't you desire to know the source of the fruit? Sometimes when I eat an orange and it is so good, I sometimes wish that that orange tree was planted in my backyard. Same with healing your heart with God. If you have tried anything and everything to heal your heart, dear sister, but you still keep having a burden in your conscious mind and you are yearning for something more deeper and spiritual, then yes, I will say try God's way. God's way comes with conditions, though. I know sometimes people are like, you know, God loves all people. Yes, God's love is for all people. But those who desire a relationship with him, a discipleship with him, he desires you to have your will become what he wants you to do. And that's where the obedience factor comes in. We say trust and obey, for there's no other way. The trust 
builds the relationship, right? Obedience sustains the relationship. Trust in God builds the relationship. It's like the currency, the relationship currency. But obedience to do what you have to do maintains, sustains, and grows the relationship. Think about that. And I know you can quote me on that, okay? And I know it personally to be true. Like I trust God, but then if I'm not obeying what he wants me to do, how is the relationship? I'm being removed far from him, far from him. And that's the relationship. So God's love is for all, but access to him is different. It's conditional. And I know it's like, oh, what? God's love, agape, is for all. He loves all his children. He created us. His image is in us. It's up to us to cultivate and nurture that relationship with him. So he says in James 4, 8, come close to God. The Amplified Version says, come close to God with a contrite, repentant heart, and he will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your unfaithful hearts, you double-minded people. Think about that. Remember I said that the heart, right, is the totality of who you are. And your mind, your conscious mind is a part of it. Some of us are double-minded. We dilly-dally, we are here, then we're here, lukewarm and all that stuff. How many of you in relationships of any kind would allow yourselves to be trampled over? Today I am with you and tomorrow I prefer that person and, you know, unfaithfulness. And we got to think about that when it comes to our relationship with the Lord. How am I being faithful to God? I pray to God. I trust him and all that stuff. He's there for me when I need him, all that. But our relationship with the Lord sometimes stinks, just as we have with human relationships, <laughs> where we expect that person to do everything and we don't give. We take, 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 and we don't give. And he says it right here. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your unfaithful hearts. Faithfulness, dear sisters, faithfulness. Be committed. If you're committed to the Lord, be committed. Be committed. And that is why I'm saying that this heart transformation journey is not for the faint of heart. So if you prefer behavior modification, go with Therapy that chooses behavior modification. But if you're like, oh, Kate, I am so ready. I am so ready to love the Lord with all my heart and with all my might and with all my mind and with all my, just as Jesus said, love the Lord with all your heart. Everything within it, bring it. And he says it right here. Come with that contract. David also said it when he committed adultery and murder. He says, cleanse me, create in me a new heart. Sit with this, dear sisters, sit with this verse in James 4, 8, and let your spirit receive it. God's love is for all, but the access you get to have with him, that comes through Jesus and what Jesus represents, which is holiness, righteousness, purity. Your heart is where everything starts from and where everything ends up. What you give to others and what you receive from others. What you give to God and what you give to God. Your heart is where everything starts from and where everything ends up. Think about it. As you've been growing up, things have been coming to you. Where do they end up? In your heart. As you have been growing up, things are coming out of you, right? And when you give it and you receive it, where does it end up? In your heart. That's what I'm saying. All right, let's continue. So in Psalm 51, verses 6 to 10, 
a Psalm of David. When the prophet Nathan came to David after he committed adultery with Bathsheba. Imagine committing such grave sin. David comes to God with a contrite heart, a repentant heart, and his spirit cries out to God. And y'all, when I read this, I actually felt it within me. Like I felt what David felt. And David says this, surely you desire truth in the inner parts. You teach me wisdom in the inmost places. Cleanse me with hyssop. Some people say hyssop. According to the uh, website arborgate.com, this is what they say about hyssop. Hyssop was mentioned in the Bible for its cleansing effect in connection with plague right? Leprosy and chest ailments and symbolically in cleansing the soul. In medieval and Renaissance times, hyssop was primarily used for respiratory and digestive ailments. And I will be uh, more, and, and David said this too. He says, and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be clean. And I will, I will be whiter than snow. So if, knowing what we know about hyssop or hyssop and the benefits of what it was used for, it will disinfect. For those of you who use Lysol, like me, for those of you who use the earthy stuff, right? At the end of the day, what are you trying to do? You're trying to get your stuff clean. If you bleach your clothes white as snow, and David says, let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Imagine that. When you know in your heart that something is not right, that something ought not be there, right? And you go to the Lord. When you go to the Lord with a contrite spirit, a contrite heart, a broken heart, a, a repentant heart, God loves to turn those ashes into beauty. And he's going to take it and he's going to do what he does best. So he doesn't want you to hide your hearts from him. So David says, hide your face, Lord, from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. That is a heart that is ready to transform. And this is the part that we all love about this scripture. It says, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. Steadfast means resolutely firm and wavering. Like when you have that steadfastness with the Lord, you are unwavering in your trust and you are unwavering in your obedience. You go for it because you know God got you. Wouldn't you want your heart to be in a place of steadfastness, dear sister, where you know without a doubt that surrender, obedience, and patience are all good treasures that birth joy and peace and so on. Maybe I'll say it again. Surrender, obedience, and patience are all good treasures that birth joy and peace and so on. Jesus was asked, about the greatest commandment by a Pharisee, an expert of the law. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is just like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. And that's in Matthew 22, 34 to 40. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. The greatest commandment. You cannot love another human being in the purest, truest form when you hate God. Then the love that you're showing is not the love that God wants you to show to another human. <sighs> Wow. Because if you truly love another human, irrespective of their background and sexual orientation and all that stuff, if you truly love another human, you will see them 
the way Jesus sees them. And then we go to Proverbs 3, 5 to 7. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. So if someone asks me, yo, heart transformation and all that stuff, what's that all about? Basically, it is the Lord asking you to become conscious of your conscious mind and the sin within and begin to take audit, take inventory and start making some changes. Not modification, but transformation in your heart. Bring it all out. The desires, the motives, the beliefs, the perceptions, the, the thoughts, the feelings, the, the emotions, all of it right here sits in your heart. And I'm doing this, but it's not necessarily like your biological heart, okay? <laughs> the greatest commandment is love. The Lord, your God, with all your heart. Dear sister, and the second is just like it. A pure heart that loves the Lord would love another human the way God speaks to their hearts to love. To trust the Lord, we must do so with all of our hearts, not some, all. This heart of ours is the wellspring of our lives, dear sister. You have to, you have got to let this, Source, be fed the right fertilizer. The word of God is the right fertilizer and allow the fertilizer to do its work through the Holy Spirit. Heart transformation cannot happen without these fundamentals of a relationship with Jesus. You need the Holy Spirit of God. You need to know the ways of Jesus and you need to, to understand the expressed will of God, which is his word. That is what makes heart transformation very different from behavior modification. You need intimacy with God to experience a true heart transformation. If you're busy trying to do this and be that, dear sister, pause, stop and ask yourself, am I in religion or in a relationship with the Holy Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Religion will have you doing. Relationship will have you being. Religion will have you sowing first, while relationship will have you seeing first. Pause and let that sink in. Religion will have you checking the box. A relationship will have you checking the Bible. <laughs> Religion will have you chasing the things of God. Relationship will have you choosing the God and his things and be added unto you. Religion will have you saved. Relationship will have you sanctified, free, worthy, healed, whole, righteous. Should I go on? Yes. So I want you to rewind. Just go back because I think that's so good. Relationship will have you this. Religion will have you that. Pause and let that sink into your heart. I know your heart is talking to you as you're listening to this episode. And so, Kate, what is this heart, right? According to heartbased.org, while we may be able to achieve many positive accomplishments in our lives, improve our self-esteem and decrease our emotional reactivity, we may find that we still have a certain level of incompleteness, that lack of that lack that we feel that cannot be fulfilled through our attempts to develop a healthier mind. The feeling of wholeness or completeness can only be found through our heart, the ever-present doorway to feel profound peace, gratitude, joy, and unconditional love. I love it. I love it. And that unconditional love is the love of God. But remember, it doesn't say unconditional relationship. It says unconditional love. 
Sometimes you can have love for somebody and not be in a relationship with them because relationship requires intimacy and intimacy requires trust and obedience and faithfulness and all these things. So I can love somebody when I go to the grocery store and help them out, but I don't have a relationship with them and they don't have access to me. I don't have access to them like that. So unconditional love is the agape love of God, the love that says that this is what you ought to do to another human. But to really, 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 really have that transformative relationship, you need to have intimacy with God and you need intimacy with that person, you know, to, to, for them to know you, to trust you and all that stuff. And I felt I needed to say that because we do say, I want unconditional love and all that stuff. But there are conditions that come with it. Heartbase.org is right when they explain what the heart feels like. I always say, if the enemy cannot have your heart, he comes after your mind. Remember, mind is a conscious mind. And if he gets to your heart, oh my goodness, the core of who you are, the significance of your spirit is the heart. And it's undeniable. When your spirit is right there, you can feel it. You know that. Oh, I feel it within my spirit. You know, the heart is the seat of your core being, the totality of your essence. The mind is the seat of your consciousness. So your conscious mind. I love it. I love it. I love it. That's why I say heart and mind, because the mind is part of it. It's not separate. It's part of it. And it's the beginning stages of getting to the heart. The brain processes messages and uh, messages you see and feel as your heart pumps those messages back to the rest of your body, including back to the brain and so on. I love how the Bible Project uh, describes the biblical view of the heart. It is the center of all parts of human existence. Thus, the word wants us to guard our hearts, for it is the wellsprings of life. And that is in Proverbs 4.23. And a lot of us enjoy this Bible verse. God, I'm guarding my heart. I'm guarding my heart. What's the heart? What is in there? What is happening in there? In some versions, the word says vigilance, right? The heart is where you discern deeply, where you think beyond just conscious mind, where you feel settled, peaceful, your emotions are seated, so you experience various affections, fear, where wisdom resides. Your heart is the innermost central core of you. Innermost central core of you. It is bigger than your conscious mind. It is on another level. It will, you know, some believe your brain is where your mind is. Well, then the heart pumps to your brain as well. Your biological heart pumps to your brain, right? Your mind is the construction of everything, your whole being and brain processes and makes meaning with input from your life experiences, relationships, connections, and so on. I quite remember a time in my 20s. I had been through a terrible breakup and was on a Jennifer Hudson album, High. <laughs> there was one particular song on repeat most of the time, and that track is titled My Heart. In this song, Hudson lays out what she really needs from a partner, trust, truth, and so on, honesty. And what she's given him, all of her, she says, please take care of it. Don't break my heart. I still get tingles in my heart when I remember that period in my life. And then I met my husband, then a friend who, my husband was a friend then, and he became my husband, okay? Don't ask me what happened in between because you know, we skipped a whole season of dating. That's all I can see. That's a story for another time, okay? But I met my husband and the first few years of our marriage was a tornado. It was a tornado. It was, um, it was hard. It was hard, emotional tornado of two very imperfect people uh, figuring out this thing called becoming one. One day we were talking about the relationship and I asked him, why did you stay? And y'all, 
His response to this day gives me goosebumps and warms my heart. This man said, because I have put you through so much and seen you hurt, and I made the decision that I will never hurt your heart again. When a man gets to a place where they decide in their heart what to do, that is transformation. It's not modification. It's transformation. Because you're deciding in your heart. It goes beyond just your conscious mind. And it reminded me of those words from Jennifer Hudson's album. And they started to ring so true what she was expressing in her song. Um, and a portion of her chorus, you know, it really stands out to me to this day. And I'm going to read it because I'm not going to sing it. Y'all know sometimes I sing on these episodes. She says, in talking about her, in talking about him, I'm talking about trust. I'm talking about truth. I'm talking about me and what I'm giving you. This is my heart. Please take care of it. This is my heart. Always be there. This is my heart. Something you can't take. So whatever you do, please don't break my heart. <sighs> Y'all, those memories are coming back now. <laughs> those words. For a girl whose innermost being, heart, had never known security and protection from a man, my husband's words were huge. I went into our relationship with a broken, damaged heart, and I had erected walls. I say steel walls. I had barricaded my heart with steel frames. Yes, I was married. Yes, I thought I loved him. Yes, I was doing all the wifely things and duties. Yes, I had a child and was momming too. But, and it is a huge B-U-T, my heart was just like what God says to Ezekiel, the heart of stone. And more on Ezekiel really soon. Some of us sisters are hurting so bad from traumas we have experienced. These traumas have literally damaged our hearts. Remember your heart is the central, the innermost seat of your being. Okay, let me describe the heart in two ways. First, do you know the most important part of the computer? The CPU. And I am no tech whiz, but I do know that when the CPU crashes, your computer isn't a computer. The CPU is the brain of the computer. The heart is the brain, in quotes, of your being. You have a biological brain, which is the most important part of your biological makeup. Your heart, which is, includes your mind, when infected, polluted, contaminated, broken, and so on, it can take up to a lifetime, dear sister, to repair and make whole again. And some of you are feeling it. The second description of the heart analogy I would give is biblical, and it will be soil, the soil, earth. And Jesus actually explains this in the parable of the sower in Matthew 13, 1 to 23, in Mark 4, 1 to 20, in Luke 8, 4 to 15. I actually have a whole study about this parable I wrote in 2020. Remember I said God started calling me to heart transformation in 2020. So he downloaded a lot of messages to me. And this parable was one of those. And I will share that sometime um, about, you know, the different hearts, but I'm going to give you a snippet. I'll dust off my journal and do that. In this parable, Jesus describes four kinds of grounds or, or earth for farming hearts the right way. If you've seen the natural creation of a path, the first type of heart is pathway. If you've seen the natural creation of a path in a garden, you notice that it's been created from continued trampling on, right? People walking back and forth and all that stuff. And so anything that you throw on there will not grow. The heart that is like a pathway 
you have everything and everything going in and out. It's walking all over you. People walking all over you, stuff like that. So even when you hear God's word, where does it go? It doesn't go anywhere because there are so many people, so many voices in there. That's the first type of heart. The second one is the one that Jesus describes as rocky. Not much soil is full of rocks most of the time. Very porous. And so anytime water for irrigation goes through it, it does not nourish the plant. It is easily killed and even pulled out of the soil. No deep roots for the plant to stand firm. Does that ring a bell? For some of us who hear God's word or who hear the urging of the Holy Spirit, what do we do? Yeah, it's washed away. The third ground is the thorny ground. Imagine living in a soil that is full of thorns. Have you tried picking a rose? That feeling when you get pricked? Imagine living in an environment and trying to grow, but all these people keep picking at you here, there, it, it, you know, and you're like, gosh. You know, it's cutting, it's bleeding, it's choking. That Those things in your heart, choking, cutting, oh, it's like, his word does not get in. That's another type of heart. The fourth ground, the good soil, the heart that is yielded to a lordship, a heart that reproduces good fruits, the fruits of the spirit, for example, that is the heart that Jesus literally wants us to get to. And that is what heart transformation does to you. It doesn't say that you're perfect. You become keenly aware of what's in here and you're continuously working every day to get it right with the Lord. Now, dear sister, what is the state of your heart? What is your, your heart in? What state is your heart in? Dry, patchy path, rocky, stony heart, thorny, choked up heart, or the earthy, rich, fertilized heart. Right now, which heart is loving God as a daughter? Hmm. Which heart is loving God as his daughter? The Bible says our heart is the wellspring of life. The dictionary defines wellspring as the source of continual supply. Source of continual supply, dear sister. So what happens when this source of continual supply dries up, depletes, gets contaminated, infected, broken, invaded, polluted? How does this happen though? The contamination, the pollution, the brokenness, the hurt. Irrespective of the external pressures thrown at your heart, the source of continual supply will determine how your heart navigates the seasons of the journey. The state of your heart is proof of the type of relationship you have with the source. Let me give some examples of this. If your heart is hurt, the relationship you have with the source would help determine how you heal. If you trust that God will heal you, the proof in the relationship comes down to what? Belief. Belief that the hurt will heal. Trust in that however it is, it will heal. However, if you allow the hurt to remain without the work of healing do, being done, eventually you go years with a broken heart. If your heart is searching, the relationship you have with the source would help determine which direction to go to find what you're searching for. If the source is God, then you get directions from him. If the source is social media, the news, you get directions from that source too. The proof here would be how your heart navigates the seasons anchored by God, anchored by social media, anchored by news, anchored by your friends, anchored by whoever the source is, who are you listening to, right? This means that if your heart is the wellspring of your life, the source of continual supply, you must make sure that this source is nurtured right by the one 
who nurtures our nature in a way that restores and redeems. Listen, dear sister, listen to me carefully and give careful thought to this. Your heart is more than emotions and feelings. Your heart is more than emotions and feelings. You have a state of a heart and Jesus wants to get your heart to another state. Free is one of them. Whole, healed, sanctified. Jesus wants to get the state of your heart to another level. What level do you see? What level has he told you that he wants to get it to? If you want to be in a relationship with Jesus, he wants your heart. If you want to be discipled by Jesus, he wants your heart. If you want to be godly, he wants your heart. If you want to be in heaven with Jesus, he wants your heart. If you want to live the God purpose, being fruitful and multiplying and the commission charged to all Christians, then you would want Jesus to have your heart. Why? Because the journey with God is a precious, unique journey that you go on. And on those days when the bottom falls out and you need your heart, your wellspring anchored, deeply, strongly anchored, you need something stronger. And that is Jesus. You need someone stronger. And that is Jesus. You need the word. This is the significance of your heart anchored to an unshakable source. That unshakable source walks with you during those mental health struggles as you go through counseling and therapy and coaching and training and every avenue of healing that you determine and find yourself on. This unshakable source walks with you during those emotional highs and lows, regulating your emotions uh, and all that. What is greater than that? What is greater than Jesus helping you to heal? Choosing to be, live, and stay free begins with the matters of your heart and mind, either feeding off of or steering you into confusion. Your heart, your core being, the seat of your being, the seat of where God wants to dwell, the seat of all you yearn and feel. The cool thing about heart transformation is that when you get to the other side, you no longer operate from a conscious mind to a heart approach. You begin to live from a heart approach to a conscious mind. So you flip it. It's kind of flipped. Right now, most of us are living from a conscious mind to a heart approach. And that's how we start with our healing. But eventually it will flip where you make decisions from your heart and your mind receives it. When you do a heart check first, before you move or take a step and decision and all that, that approach is coming from your heart. And this heart check isn't against any other law, but you check it against the law of God. I have realized and practiced flipping this script so many times. That is, I intentionally operate from heart first, then conscious mind. So some may say that the heart bears the subconscious and the unconscious mind. And I heard Dr. Caroline Leaf say that um, once in describing what the conscious, subconscious, and unconscious mind is. So maybe you can check out some of her resources there too. I am aware of this fact. Your heart carries everything. When you get transformed, this is how you start to think. Your heart carries everything. Your mind is constantly processing everything. So if you pre-decide in your heart, it will feed and flow to your conscious mind. If you focus first in your heart, it will feed and flow to your conscious mind. If you feel it in your heart, it will feed and flow to your conscious mind. You get where I'm going. This is based on God's design of spirit connected to the soul and it's connected to the body. Renewing the spirit in you, dear sister, may begin with renewing your conscious mind on the word of God, which eventually feeds the heart and transforms it. And then after transformation, you tra your transformed heart feeds your soul and your mind what she needs to thrive. So then it, it flips again. Your heart, 
the bedrock, the seat, the source, the foundation, wherein your whole being thrives, needs to live freely. Mm. So then what does God say about your heart and transforming it? Let's look at Ezekiel 36, 24 to 32. And I read, for I will take you out of the nations. I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities, from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from your heart the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Then you will live in the land I gave you your ancestors. You will be my people and I will be your God. I will save you from all your uncleanliness. I will call for the grain and make it plentiful and will not bring famine upon you. I will increase the fruits of the trees and the crops of the field so that you will no longer suffer disgrace among the nations because of famine. Then you will remember your evil ways and wicked deeds and you will loathe yourselves for your sins and detestable practices. I want you to know that I am not doing this for your sake, declares the sovereign Lord, and so on. You can sense what is going on there, right? I know the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now. Only the blood of Jesus can transform your heart from a heart of stone to a heart of flesh. And here is the best news, dear sister. God downloaded this to me one day. God wants you to feel. A heart of flesh feels. It also heals. Let me repeat that. It doesn't matter the state of your heart. It can feel and it can heal. A stony, rocky, thorny heart can't because the word will not fully penetrate and fertilize all parts of it, but a good soil, ready, willing, humble, teachable, obedient will do just that. So you get to choose, dear sister, you choose, dear sister, the path of healing and you walk it diligently and well. True heart healing isn't modifying your behaviors and getting you to feel right. True heart transformation is, healing, is a healing process that gets your innermost being seen, known, loved, accepted, free, worthy, forgiven, and in increasing measure towards righteousness, holiness, and true discipleship in Jesus. Tending to the feelings and emotions and behavior are just a tip of the iceberg. There is much more beneath the tip to discover if you choose to go deeper. <laughs> wow. That ends series one of this heart transformation, part one of this heart transformation series. We will continue next week with part two, looking at I'm not going to tell you. You have to wait and see. So we have explored the meaning of heart transformation and why it is very critical to the overall health of a believer. The world needs it, but if the world is not believing in God, they will not be ready for this type of healing. The world will choose to embrace behavior modification. So it's up to us to push this and make this known to everybody that we will look at in another series. We have explored how you can know the state of your heart. What is the heart and what is in it? You have become aware that there is a battle and the battle is for your heart. Your mind is a part of your heart. And so there's a battle for your heart. You can change your mind and still have a corrupt heart. Until you do this, until you ruminate as the word says, you renew your mind and you keep ruminating on what is renewing your mind in God's word. That is when your heart will transform and it will feed into our areas. When you change your mind and you keep renewing it over and over again, your heart will transform into what you feed it. So feed it well, dear sister. Let me say this. Your heart is naturally bent to receive negative messaging more than rapidly and easily receiving positive messaging from experience, from life's stuff. Two important heart check principles for you 
that you have also learned is trust and forgiveness. It is absolutely, absolutely important. You have become aware of the sin factor, which we'll explore more in another series, um, in another episode of this series. And you now understand the fundamentals of your heart when the relationship is right with God. So I want to leave you with three words, heart, transformation, and process. It's a process. It's a journey. And I want to leave you with three thoughts for today. And the thoughts for today are simple because I have said a whole lot. One, thought number one, heart transformation begins with a relationship with Jesus. You cultivate this relationship in trust and yielding of your heart in whatever state it is in. And if you come to heart transformation and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, that's okay. You will transform as you get to know him. <laughs> two, thought number two, the conscious mind is a part of your heart, but there is more to your heart that isn't readily conscious. Your desires, your yearnings, your beliefs, your perceptions, your hurts, your dreams, your biases, your emotions, your motives. Yep. Thought number three, heart transformation is a journey that requires time. Holy Spirit, and a willing, humble, teachable heart, ready to execute and exude the pure fruits of the Spirit. You're ready to live in true holiness when you know that you're ready to deny yourself and die to yourself daily and allow Jesus to lead your heart, to lead your life, and be your true Lord, capital L. I'm going to leave you with three actions for today, dear sister. The first one is, if you're listening to me on the podcast, please share and pass it on because this is going to be a journey and we want as many people to get to understand heart transformation and be ready to do their heart work, right? The right way, according to the word of God. And if you are watching on YouTube and you would like to follow and continue to plug in, please go ahead and subscribe, okay? If you're on Facebook and Instagram, we are out there. Go and follow us, all right? At Godly Woman and Company, everywhere. And our website, which is going to be under construction soon, is IamFreeWoman.org for now. So here are some hot healing habits that I like to leave you with so that you can ponder over these questions and journal them. The first question, which might be very obvious, is what state is your heart in? Oof. What state is your heart in? The second question is, which type of heart is in relationship with God today? Remember those types of hearts, thorny, all that. And the third question is, am I willing to try God and trust him to transform my heart permanently? Are you? The third action, and I'm going to do this every time, is I'm going to encourage you to pray. I said in the last episode, the previous episode, that I am doing something very intentional, right? Around uh, the evening times before I engage with my family at the end of a long day's work is I put myself in worship and prayer. And so I want you to pray, dear sister. Um, there are so many things going on personally for you and so many things that other people are going through. And 15 minutes or 30 minutes, however long you can, you can put into your schedule. Be, be mindful of it, be intentional about it, and do it. Again, this is a heart issue right there. If you're complaining about time and da-da-da-da-da, I pretty much would want to ask you what's going on in the heart. Because we've tried to change the behavior, the habit, so many times, right? So what's what's happening there? I really am looking forward to the series. Um, it's it's a, it's 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 hard. <laughs> it's a hard work. Um helping people heal their hearts the way God has called me to help people do. Um, I could do behavior modification and therapy um, in, in all different facets. Um, but when I sat down and I really came to that realization, like I do therapy, Lord, he's like, that's not it. When you're in that room, all you want to do is really go to the heart because that's what I've called you to. And so 
I don't know how he's going to do this. And he's telling me to start by starting with the series. So I'm going to start with the series and who knows where it goes, right? In terms of um, helping believers truly live free from the heart and not just the mind modification and all that stuff that's out there. So it is always a great time walking in my purpose with you, dear sister, building and teaching and all those things. And I hope that you get to live free every day with the godly decisions that will free your heart, feed your heart, and focus your heart on the things that God downloads to your heart. You know, this, this work of choosing to live free um, brings fullness to my heart, and I hope that it does for you too. So at the end of the day, when you sit down and you are reflecting on this episode, I want you to know that this is where God wants you to be. He wants you to work on your heart and he wants you to work on it in a way that is permanently free and permanently at peace and permanently experiencing the joy that comes from him. So let's choose to be free. Let's choose to live free. Let's choose to stay free. Being faithfully F, renewed R, encouraged E, exceptional E, women of God and men of God. This is Kate, your Chief Joy Activator. Until next time, may God's goodness and mercy follow you always. And remember, heal people, heal people. So go into the world and heal someone today. Choose to live free. 